Okay, everybody, welcome back. Another episode of the Figure It Out podcast with me, Chandler Collins, for NFL Week 5. Depending on how you look at it, we are uh, some sort of fraction through the season. Uh, with the 17 games, a little bit of a weird fraction, so like one-sixth kind of, one-fifth maybe even, um, if my math is correct. But regardless, we're through a good portion of the season where we're going to start seeing some teams really taking shape and really identifying who they are through these first four games, and including week five. Um, And we are really excited to break it down for you. NFL week five slate, Chiefs Raiders on a crucial Monday night. Um, As always, we will go over the standings in the Figure It Out pod NFL pick'em pool. Uh, I got to say, I helped myself out a little bit uh, this past week, but that one week of no picks really hurt me. So we'll go through those standings. We'll finish up with Johnny's final thoughts. And speaking of Johnny, Johnny and Blaine back with me this week. Awesome to have him here. As always, Johnny, we'll start with you, brother. How's life? How you living? Living well right now. Uh, If anybody can hear crying in the background, we are just now getting my son to sleep. And he was really looking forward to hopping on the podcast with us today. But I had to tell him no. So uh, other than that, Chandler, I'm doing great, man. It's another... Um, another Wednesday here. Looking forward to this NFL slate. Some really cool matchups that we have that I'm I'm really excited for. And uh, before we get Blaine in here, I, I can't let math take as big of a hit as it just did with with your intro there. Uh, we are twenty <laughs> we are twenty four percent of the way through the NFL season. Um, so yeah, when you said like a sixth of the way through, I I just I couldn't do that chance. So I said to make sure that everyone knows where we're at. We're essentially a quarter of the <laughs> way through the season um, as we get into this week five. I'm looking forward to having a lot of fun here with you guys. Blaine, what's up, bro? The figured out podcast is mobile. I'm headed to Cape Girardeau right now with water. Cape Girardeau Woo! with water. And Inner Sandman was playing on the radio. You can't make this stuff up. So uh, Jess is driving, headed to Chandler's. I'm excited for it. Got a good little headset on, ready to talk some football. Yeah, shout out Jess for uh, really this is a huge assist for the show, getting you active and getting you live. Uh, in the car, on his way southeast to the gorgeous Cape Girardeau, Missouri, like Blaine alluded to, that has water again. Uh, went through a bit of a water sort shortage, but we won't go through that. As we've been doing the last few weeks, last four weeks here, uh, each one of us has a little bit of a takeaway we have from week four. Um, so let's go ahead and get to those now. Blaine, you know what? Let's start with you, buddy. Are you there? Blaine? Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm totally here. This, this is not going to happen again. But okay. takeaway, and, and I said this jokingly in – um in our group chat but the chiefs are good the chiefs are really good i had a doubt i had a real doubt last week that we were going to lose to the bucks and that this offense and this interior offensive line wasn't going to be able to produce i had a a real fear about our running game and you went out there and performed against the number one team now i was looking at cowherd and some of these rankings the chiefs are at one not five and I'm yeah. ready to go um, and saying that I'm I'm fully back in the Chiefs, and I think the entire NFL is. Yeah, I agree, Blaine, um, for sure. Uh, I'll go next. Uh, my, my takeaway from week four, and this might be a hot take, and this could really come back to bite me, 
But through four weeks, my takeaway comes from Monday night. This Rams team flat out stinks. If it wasn't for the Seahawks, um, I really do think they'd be the worst division or worst team in this division. Um, they are inept on offense. Matt Stafford does not throw it to anybody but Cooper Cup. And say what you will about Cooper Cup. I think he's a phenomenal receiver, top two in the league, top three in the league. But that's just unsustainable in the game of football. Like, you can't just have a guy that you only get the ball to. You've got to get the ball to other guys. They have a really, I'm not going to say inability, but a lack of ability, I guess you could say, to run the football. Um, Stafford, when he is pressured, is has looked horrible this year. Um, and, and Blaine alluded to him. Colin Coward was talking about it today, that Stafford is a 20 times different quarterback when they blitz him. And he had pressure on him all night. Um, and really, I don't question their defense that much, but like that Debo run, that I mean, great play uh, by Debo because it was a horrible throw, A, for Jimmy G. But then like they just didn't tackle him. Um, and I, I just – I don't like what I've seen from the Rams for the first month. You know, they got bow raced on, on Thursday Night Football to open the year. I'm getting a little long-winded. Rams through four weeks, not good. Johnny? Agree there, Rams are sus. Uh, before I get to mine, just really quickly here. Yeah, you guys were kind – of, I mean, we were all down after that Colts game, but, I mean, I even sent in the group text, like, you guys were you guys were pissing me off, like, you you and Blaine. Like, it, it, this very negative and worried, and I understood all of that. Like I said, I was really upset too, but, um, you know, like, I even got called out by Blaine for being, like, too optimistic about the team and all that stuff, and it was like – I'll actually, take it. I'll wear that. Fact. Per sources, Blaine texted, Johnny, I envy your belief in everything this organization does. I think it's awesome. But our wide receiver core might stink, LOL. Anyways, like, thought the wide receivers were good last week. It was good to see MBS get going. We'll get into more of that uh, as we get into the Chiefs game. My takeaway um, is that on Sunday, if I had to schedule and script out a, a schedule, like a layout for a Sunday and how it were to, how it were to be, you know, um, executed. That's exactly how I would have done it. I love the early morning football game in London. Give me the 8.30 start time. 8.30, that game ended at like 11.30, 11.40. Basically takes us right into kickoff at noon. You know, 20 minutes there to check one last time to make sure your fantasy teams are all set and ready to go, go to the bathroom, get a drink, bite, bite to eat, and get set up to watch all that football. Of course, the noon slate goes into the three o'clock slate. Uh, the Patriots and the Packers went into overtime. So I didn't have to bullshit around with 60 minutes or hear that clock ticking in my ear or anything. And that basically led us up right into, you know, again, 15, 20 minutes before the start of the chiefs game on Sunday night football. And of course that, you know, that's our team. And so mm -hmm. that's, that's my takeaway is that my favorites from the chiefs are on Sunday night football. And now that, that there was a London game um, on the same day, like it, that was just the perfect layout. I had a lot of fun and should be more fun this weekend because there's another London game. Yeah. Let's jump right into it. We'll start with week five game. Number one, Thursday, October 6th, 2022. A matchup that had, if it was in 2010, would be the highlight of the uh, highlight of the week, perhaps. But it is not 2010; it is 2022. Indianapolis goes on the road to take on the Denver Broncos. 
two very uh, struggling offenses through four weeks for both of these teams. Um, a couple injuries um, for both teams, both star running backs banged up, hurt. Javonta Williams for the Denver Broncos out for the year with, I believe, ACL and LCL uh, tears um, to, to end his season last week against the Las Vegas Raiders. And Jonathan Taylor nursing a high ankle sprain. Now, I haven't seen anybody – or I haven't seen him be declared officially out. Or he is out. Johnny Rose giving me the nod. He is officially out. So those are two huge losses for two teams that have not been able to really throw the ball that well. Denver picking it up a little bit against the Raiders. But on the flip side, I think Indianapolis' secondary is a little bit uh, – not – not good, but they're pretty they're pretty stout. I think they can give Denver a little bit of a trouble, uh, a little bit of troublesome there in their secondary, but kind of a stinker, but it is fun that it's on Thursday night. Um, so it really doesn't matter what the Thursday matchup is. You know we're gonna be tuned in. Let's see what the line is here from my guy Johnny Rowe. Broncos minus three and a half. I think weirdly it's a good play. I think I take Denver here on the short week at mile high. Early in the year, tough to get acclimated. Give me the Broncos. Blaine, we'll start with you. Yeah, give me the Broncos, too. One of my takeaways I was going to say about uh, last week was, too, you learn a lot about teams right about now. Like five, week five, week six, week four, all in that area, you learn a lot. And Matt Ryan stinks. That offensive line at Indianapolis can't figure it out without Jonathan Taylor really producing a lot. And I don't have a lot of trust in them. And really, and Russell Wilson hasn't shown me much either. I don't know what the over-under here is, but it's, I mean, it's got to be low and you got to take a look at it. Moral of the story with this game, it's just, I don't think the Colts can get anything going. And at mile high, I trust Denver to to really get, get a little bit of something momentum-wise. Russ do a little bit more than he has. And I mean, there's not much else to think about it other than I'm going to take Denver because of Indianapolis's ineptness on offense. Yeah, you think about this game real quick before Johnny goes. Like, this could be the time where potentially, this is a huge potential, Denver gets things figured out. They win this game maybe. They go on a 10-day hiatus. Um, they come back and get a little momentum. You never know. Johnny? Yeah, the line being three and a half, three at some places, just make sure you check what you got over under 42. Like, I don't love the numbers here, guys. And, uh, you know, I'm not really sure. Uh, I'm not really sure, like, where I'm going to go here. I'm ac- I actually think I'm leaning Indy to cover the th- – if it's three and a half to cover here. I don't I don't love that, but here, here's why I'm thinking that. So, Yes, that was Russ's best game that he's had so far last week. I did like that, even though they, you know, they lost. Um, the Colts are last in points per game, fourteen point three. No JT, no uh, Shaquille, no Darius Shaquille Kawhi Leonard on the huh. team. I think Javante actually that losing him is a big deal uh, for this Denver offense. Um, all right, so they've got Melvin Gordon who cannot stop fumbling the ball. It's, it's, it's a big issue. He cannot stop Crazy. fumbling the ball. Uh, their backup is a guy named Mike Boone, um, who has been on a couple of teams in this league, has never really established himself as a every-down, reliable back. And they signed Latavius Murray off of the New Orleans Saints practice squad. He played last week in London with Kamara being out for the Saints and got scooped up by the, by the Broncos here. The reason I like the three and a half is because this is where I think like maybe that it's a close game and the Colts lose, but the Colts are a proud team 
They got embarrassed last week at home against the Titans, even though the score was close. Frank Reich versus Nathaniel Hackett. I'm just going to go on the Reich side and just just say I'll take Indy plus three and a half, although I'm I'm not super confident. I actually think the under is the play here at 42. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Boone out carries Gordon. And they pulled Gordon like they don't have any trust in that guy anymore. I think it's gone, and that'll be interesting. I'm not sure they have much trust in Boone either because if you remember watching no. that Denver and Vegas game, the last play that, that sealed it for the Raiders, Boone had the first down like at midfield. Like the game wasn't over. He just a complete drop, bad. So they're, they're struggling there at, at running back. Let's get to Sunday, October 9th. Like Johnny has alluded to several times, um, we got another London game, 8.30 a.m. Uh, PTSD, perhaps, for people from last week that might have had Kamara. Um, maybe if you have a word of warning, if you are if you have a Giants or a Packers player on your fantasy lineup, you need to set that alarm for 7.30 a.m., wake up and make sure that uh, that no one's all of a sudden out because I know a couple buddies that just got screwed with Kamara. Um, but you know what? That's the name of the game. That's your fault. I'm not going to apologize. And neither will the Giants or the Packers if that happens to them. This game uh, really just screams Packers for me. But I think I'm a little bit higher on the Packers than you guys are. I'm curious to see about that because I really like this defense. And I, at the end of the day, it's it, you say what you want about Rodgers and the offense. I think anytime Aaron Rodgers is out there, the uh, Packers have ample opportunities to put up points. But when you flip it over and you have Daniel Jones going up against a defense that has played very well throughout the first few weeks of the season in London, something about it doesn't suit me well with Daniel Jones and this Giants team. I know that they are three and one, correct, after winning last week, but I think it's a fraud three and one. Give me the Packers all day here. Uh, Blaine. No, Johnny. Sorry, Johnny. So the Packers had a big line last week, nine or nine and a half against the Patriots, and they couldn't they couldn't cover that. I mean, I'm taking the Giants plus eight here. I don't think the Giants are good. Their record is not indicative of, of the state of their team. Daniel Jones's ankle is banged up. They have no wide receivers on their team. I believe Kenny Galladay is also hurt. Not that he was that big of a factor in the first place. I mean, this team is – I mean, it is Saquon or it is absolutely nothing. And I still think they're going to cover the eight. I think Green Bay's fans are going to travel really well in this game. There'll be a lot of – it'll be basically like a home game for the Packers here um, in London. I just don't trust this Packers offense to cover a spread this large, even though I think they're going to win the game. Um, and, and if I'm the Packers, Cowherd made this point today, and it's I agree so much. Um, they need to get on the phone, call OBJ. Like, it, Aaron is miserable, miserable with these guys. Um the only semi-reliable player that they have is Alan Lazard. He keeps getting banged up, and um, he's not the most talented player in the world either. So I think we need to be talking to OBJ and getting something going there. A quick little stat before Blaine gets in here. Uh, this is the first game in, in London history uh, that both teams have a, a winning record. Usually they give some stinky games over to uh, the people in London. This is a 3-1 and one versus 3-1, and one, and I'll take the Giants plus 8. Also, Packers' first time ever in London, the last team to go to London to play. Um, all 32 teams have been there except for the Packers, and it's their first time on Sunday. Blaine? Yeah, you kind of debunked my stat there, Johnny. It's that the Packers, you know, and 
they're favorites. So favorites in overseas games are 16 and two straight up 12 and six against the spread. So, so without the pack, you know, with the Packers first being over there, it, it kind of debunks that, but Aaron Rodgers on that point, he started last week four for 11, 44 yards and a pick six at half, and then kind of turned it on uh, in that second half. I think if, if he starts to get comfortable, Packers might do something here and, and put the Giants' steam to bed. Giants got a little bit more steam than I would say anybody in the, in the NFL thought they'd have coming into week five. I think the Packers start to, to really say, hey, we're one of the best teams in the NFL. And they cover, which is wild for me to say because the line is so big. But if I'm going to take it, I'm taking the Packers. I'm not going to, but I'll go money line Packers. I understand this line a hundred times more than I understood the minus nine and a half or whatever it finished at for Packers Patriots. I mean, come on. That was a ridiculous line. Um, I, I do think Green Bay can do it this week. Let's move forward. Oh, wait, one more thing, actually. Fun number time. Ding, ding, ding. Tickets as low as $550 at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in London. Wowza. <laughs> that, is a, that is a price to pay there to watch those two teams. I'll say that. No way in hell I'm paying for that. Pittsburgh at Buffalo. First game of the noon slate Sunday. Um, Buffalo, we'll start with them. Uh, they, you know, they found a way to win on Sunday, and good teams do. Um, it was kind of like the Chargers game for me uh, with, with the Chiefs and Chargers, that is, um, because the Ravens are a stout team, but quite frankly, Buffalo's better. And I really think that that was proven on Sunday. Now, say what you will about the Ravens um, and John Harbaugh's decision, but that's what they did. That pick was massive. I would like to know what the outcome of that game would have been had the Bills just gotten the ball on the one-yard line instead of the Jordan Poyer pick that caused a touchback to put it on the 20 on the Ravens' fourth-down conversion. But nonetheless, the Buffalo Bills get a win. They're back at home against a really uh, young Pittsburgh team now with Kenny Pickett named the starting quarterback already. I heard this from a competing podcast, but <laughs> Pittsburgh is naming Kenny Pickett the starter, but keeping Mitchell Trubisky as a team captain, and he'll walk to the – to the logo for the coin toss before the game Sunday. I think that's kind of weird. Curious to hear what you guys' thoughts are on that, but I don't see any reason why Buffalo doesn't win this game. Uh, Pittsburgh just does not have it, especially without TJ Watt. Uh, Blaine, what do you think? Yeah, I don't see either. And I think Kenny Pickett, I mean, obviously he had a rough game with multiple interceptions, closed it well, maybe got some confidence, but I don't see how he goes into Buffalo and does well with that crowd, with that situation. And I, I, I can't trust this. But the thing about me is that Tomlin just doesn't make these games not close. This is the largest depth or largest spread Pittsburgh has seen since 1960. 1960, 14 points is the largest. This Pittsburgh cover, I can completely see how. Um, these teams, like I said, have played close. Pittsburgh won the last matchup last year and haven't Jeez. played for played it close enough for less. Or their last three have all been within nine points. This is 14. I mean, 14 is a lot in the NFL. Um, I, I'm, I'm no decision here, but if I were, I, I think I'm going to go Pittsburgh. Johnny? Okay, this is way too many points. My first note is I don't think I can bet this game. Because I, this is going to take some balls on on either side. 
Like, yeah, that is way too many points for a team as proud as Pittsburgh and with Mike Tomlin as their head coach and as hard as they play, that is so many points. Same time, we've seen that when Buffalo wins, you know, last week they broke their uh, – they had lost seven games in a row when uh, being in a one-score game. Um, they, want, they, they, they broke that last week. Other than that, though, when the Bills have been winning, which has been a lot, it's been in dominant fashion. And uh, they to cover the spread, they'd really have to dominate here. I am going to take Pittsburgh plus 14. Maybe there is just some some dynamism with the Pittsburgh kid, Kenny Pickett, and he can cover the 14 here. I would be really stunned uh, if if Pittsburgh won this game. In fact, uh, if you were to bet Pittsburgh money line, uh, the odds that you would get mm, would be – yeah, see, my book's not even offering it because the odds would be so high. So, look, probably a stay-away game, uh, but I'm going to put my – my my I'm gonna write this down here that I'm gonna take Pittsburgh plus 14 because Blaine wouldn't pick anybody. I mean, come on, Blaine. You got what it's a podcast, Blaine. Uh, let's ride, Johnny. Let's ride. Come on. Steelers. Let's Wow. We're both going Steelers. I love it. Let's go, Bills, I guess. I I, I would love for the Steelers to win, but um Oh, one note too. Minka Fitzpatrick is gonna be in the Hall of Fame. So yeah, good. he's a beast. Unbelievably good. Um Crazy game. Moving forward, Cleveland, Ohio. The Los Angeles Chargers go on the road to, the, to take on the Cleveland Browns in a game that I think just has, like, the capability of having every type of football play ever in the playbook, in the history book, uh, that could happen in this game. These two teams just seem to play games where they find weird ways to, to run a play or – Something weird happens in the kicking game or there's a fumble scooped up by a lot. I don't know. I'm just going through scenarios. This game seems like it could have it all. For me, this is my biggest game to stay away from if you are interested in sports betting. I think that this, te- this game is prone to a lot of mistakes and a lot of, uh, a lot of um, you know, change of possession, I would say. Miles Garrett back for the Browns. I I fully anticipate Cleveland to line up here and just try to run, 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 um, especially with Jacoby. Chargers are two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Um, I think I'm kind of taking Cleveland here. Uh, Miles Garrett back. You know, he had that car wreck, but, like, I don't think he was really that hurt from it. I think they just kind of gave him a week off, maybe get back right, because, I, I mean, when you get in a car wreck, you just kind of get all tense and kind of on edge. I think he's back, focused, and uh, no Rashawn Slater for the Chargers. I look for him to eat here. Um, do, however, keep your eye on Eckler. If he goes off, this Chargers team is tough to beat. I'm going to ride Cleveland here plus two and a half at home, but this is a real stay away from, from me game, and that's all I got, Johnny. Oh, that makes you feel way better, Chandler, because I am all over the Chargers in this spot right here, minus two and a half. I love the Chargers here. I think Cleveland is fake. They're two and two, and this is the first four games that they've had. I know it's Jacoby Brissett, whatever. Panthers, Jets, Steelers, Falcons, and you come out of that two and two? Like, I cannot take this team seriously. And listen to the next seven games for the Cleveland Browns. Chargers, Patriots, Ravens, Bengals, Dolphins, Bills, Bucks. This team is going to be in a bad spot, and they're going to have a terrible record when Deshaun Watson comes back. I think this team is going to be pressing in this game, and yes, they are at home, 
But I think the Chargers can get this done here. The Chargers make no sense. Um, I don't think Brandon Staley is the answer. You know, this defense with – and I know there's injuries, right? Bosa's out for a while, but there's still some other names on here. A defense with Derwin James and J.C. Jackson and Khalil Mack. Um, I actually kind of like Drew Tranquil. You know, uh, Bryce Callahan, Nasir Adderley, all these names. The Chargers are 30th in points allowed. They're giving up 27 points per game. I mean – you know, it's just not good enough right now from the Chargers. And I think this is a good spot for them to build off of the game last week. They tried to charger the game away against the Texans, and and Herbert and Eckler wouldn't let them do that. Uh, the Browns rank 31st in yards per catch allowed to wide receivers, 15.4 uh, yards per catch to wide receivers. This could be a really big day for Herbert and Mike Williams um, and, and Eckler in the passing game too because Keenan Allen is still not practicing. Um, say something nice about the Browns. Nick Chubb is the best runner of the football uh, from the running back position in the league. Um, but I just don't think they can do this here, this here, and I'll take the Chargers two and a half. A lot of what I wanted to say, and it was Cleveland hasn't played anybody at all, and Chargers have. Chargers are tested. Chargers look to get a little bit right last week. We called it on the podcast, but just basically saying like, this is a, that was a huge get right spot for the Chargers against the Texans. And I think with Eckler going off and Herbert getting a little more comfortable with his injury that you saw that happen. Cleveland coming in here to, I don't want to say a buzzsaw because that's not correct, but I think the Chargers can put up a ton of points. And if they're able to stop Chubb, a lot of three and outs on the other side of the football and you're, you're, forcing Brissett to toss the ball. I don't like that. I don't like anything Browns here. I'm going to go Chargers. What happened? I thought we were all on the same page that the Browns defense was pretty good. Are they going to be playing this game, or are you guys thinking it's going to be 11 on out? Well, I mean, Garrett has not been – Garrett didn't play last week. Like, and and did you say – Yeah, Clowney has been playing. Chandler, did you say Garrett is confirmed to play? I haven't. I mean, we don't know. Yeah, yeah. I haven't, but he might not. I guess. Okay, and so yeah, Denzel Ward is a really good player. Yeah, but that stat that I just said. I mean, that's that. That is a stat that I absolutely love. You know, if they're giving up over 15 yards a catch to wide receivers, this you have a really good quarterback. This should shape up for a big day for Mike Williams. They could get the ball to Josh Palmer. They like to line up Gerald Everett, and you know, in a wide receiver position, either out wide or in the slot. Um, and then they are going to keep giving the ball to Austin Eckler. Like when he is on the field, he is going to be getting the ball, you know, a lot of the time. And 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 the success for him is coming through through the receptions, not as opposed yeah. to as much you know running the football. And so I think they're going to throw a lot. Two and a half is a line that I absolutely love. If you want it to just be on the safe side and get it on the money line, you can get it at minus one thirty-five. Like I like those numbers, and I really like the Chargers here. I can I can also see this being like a weird spot if it is close and the Chargers are forced to maximize their possessions because the, the Browns have success running the football. It's like a game where I could see Staley completely Staleying it and going for something he shouldn't and forcing things. It, it, it's a possibility, but. Well, if anybody knows Brandon Staley, Blaine, it's you, my friend. Let's move forward to the next <laughs> game of the noon slate in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And as the host of the Figure It Out podcast, uh, I have the right to do really whatever I want here. Um, but I'm placing a stinky tag on this matchup. Chicago Bears at Minnesota Vikings. Listen, 
Vikings incredibly lucky to win on Sunday. I mean, you talk about incredibly lucky. And again, Kirk Cousins' stats look good on paper. But if you watch that game, he is not good. I just, I'm going to get on this podcast every Wednesday. You'll hear me Thursday, and you will hear me say this. How can anybody that has any sort of football IQ look at this guy play a game of football and want him or think that his team is in a good position to win this game? He has unbelievable weapons around him, and yet he still figures out ways to look not good in games. The Bears, on the other hand, this is going to be very difficult for me to do it this week, um, but I am going to stick true to my word. I'm going to take the Bears plus seven. It's a divisional game. Get Fields in the offense on turf. Maybe that somehow gets them going in some sort of direction. Um, they really have been utilizing Khalil Herbert as well. Uh, I think Minnesota wins the game, but Chicago, I mean, seven with Kirk Cousins as a quarterback, way too many points. Give me Chicago. Um, I, I can see this being a three, four point win. Johnny, are you first? Well, I mean, I am, but you can't go in on Blaine's boy like that and not let him go first. Blaine, go no, ahead. Blaine, go no, ahead. it's fine. It's it's always Vikings had. I mean, the very very good first drive, but they just can't put wow. games away. Like that that game early on. I mean, Minnesota was, you know, you okay? This game might might go a blow open, and it didn't. And didn't. It didn't. They fumble from Andy Dalton, and they couldn't capitalize a touchdown on that. They can't it just it just a lot of dump offs, nothing. They can't get Justin Jefferson going down the middle of the field past week one. Just that down the field game. I feel like a lot of people are forcing Minnesota to hit that 10 route, 10 yard slant or that Dalvin Cook rush up the middle, and they just can't do it. And it's if they can, they're really, really good. And I think they can against the Bears this week. And I, I look for Minnesota to score a lot of points here and capitalize on that seven is a is a big line, but I'm gonna take it. And I think they might blow the Bears out. It's a big game to in the NFC. They know the importance of this. If they're if they're able to come out and and do what they should, people are going to be talking about Minnesota differently. Yeah, I'm on Minnesota too. Uh, I just the Bears are in trouble, guys. The Bears are bad. Uh, <laughs> they can't throw the football. Like I I don't have all the. The tweets I've got them all in my all in my favorites, but like I've seen a bunch of stuff about Justin Fields with 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 the film. You know when he's even in clean pockets, he's not finding guys, and when he's pressured, I mean it's just it's just terrible. That offensive line in pass protection is by far the worst in the league. But I will give them some credit. I, when, when they can run block better than I thought, um, but I just don't know how they they score here. Um, you know, Justin Fields has 34 completions on the season. Like, Cooper Cup has 42 receptions, like, on his own. Like, they've completed 34 passes. It's 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 terrible. Justin Jefferson, of course, is, you know, really good. But, like, here, um, you know, on the Vikings side, like, this has always been my thing with Kirk. Like, you know, when the Vikings do their scripted first drive, you know, 10, 15 plays or, or whatever it is, like, Kirk's fine. He can operate that and do well. It's just, like – when the bullets get flying live and like the game is in, you know, the, the back and forth stage, like the middle part after the first drive, like dude just ain't it. And I, I just can't do it. Like it's just so vanilla and bland and conservative safe. And you know, a lot of times when he keeps scans close or puts up his bigger numbers is when they're losing and it's kind of garbage time stuff. So I, 
I'm going to take the Vikings here, minus seven. I'm probably not going to bet this game. We like to give a pick on each game because it's the pod content, but I don't think I'm going to bet this game in real life, uh, and, and the Bears are in trouble. One thing about the Vikings, though, is, you know, they, let's say they win this game, they'll be four and one. Their next few games after that, you know, they play the Dolphins, likely no Tua, Cardinals at home, and then they play at Washington. This is a team that could be, you know, could get four straight wins here and be seven and one before they take on the Bills. So, you know, the Vikings are going to win some games, but again, like every year with Kirk, they just, they don't move the needle for me. I love seven here. I think I'm going to add it to parlays, guys. I think they're going to kill them. <laughs> Good luck, Blaine. Really wish you the best, brother. Detroit at New England. Next game on the slate. Um, start on the New England side. Uh, everybody get ready for the Bailey Zappi show. It looks like, uh, maybe Mac Jones is back though. Uh, for this one, I, I, if that, that, I think that plays a big key here for me. Um, Mac Jones, if he plays in this game, I think New England is the play. Um, Detroit just, they are just Detroit still. Um, a little friskier, a little bit a little bit more capable of scoring uh, for sure. Um, I think Goff is in some sort of weird spot, like where he's number one in the league in some category. Um, but I just don't know if I trust this defense. I mean, they gave up 48 to Seattle uh, last week. Tough, tough day for them. Um, and again, they went back and forth, back and forth. And at the end of the day, I'm going to take Johnny's advice that he's been giving the listeners and myself, really. Am I going to bet against Bill Belichick versus Dan Campbell? The answer is no. And I'm going New England minus three, Johnny. I'm with you. It's New England minus three. Uh, I don't don't know who the quarterback's going to be. For me, it doesn't matter. It's just enough already uh, with, with the Lions. Like, I've gone back and forth every game. I've said, how can you dislike Dan Campbell? I still agree with that. I'm just over giving the Lions my serious attention. Like, it's just done. You know, the Lions' offense is first in points per game, 35. Uh, they're 32nd in the league in points per game uh, for, the, for the other team allowed, you know, 35.3. They're, they're giving up more points and they're scoring, and they're one in three. They, 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 they're number one in the league in yards per game on offense, 437. They're number 32 in the league in yards per game allowed, 445. This defense, like we said, is terrible. And in fact, Hard Knocks did a good job kind of showcasing. I mean, Goff and this offense were shredding this defense um, all training camp. And, and, and they've been doing that to their credit to some of these other defenses. But a lot of the time, it's like they've really been forced to because their defense is putting them at deficits. So, uh, big, big fantasy day last week for Jamal Williams, for TJ Hawkinson. He did a freaking awesome game, um, but they still lost. And Amon Ross St. Brown and DeAndre Swift are day-to-day. We don't know if they're going to play. The Patriots at home, they're wearing their throwback uniforms with, the, with like, the guys snapping the ball, the, the soldiers, the Patriot soldiers snapping the ball, whatever it is, on the on the helmet. They're going to be pumped up and ready to go. Um and I just think that they're going to run the shed of the football and that the, the I think the setting, Gillette Stadium, the name Patriots, Bill Belichick, like I just think this shapes up it really poorly for, for the Lions. And like I said, I'm, I'm just done giving them serious attention. Yeah, it's like the Lions, if you have a lot of their weapons, 
your fantasy team's been looking pretty good. And I think this is the week it comes to reality that, yes, the Lions offense is good, but it's not that good. You travel to New England and they start to feel a little bit of life, especially um, Jared Goff himself against Belichick. Belichick's going to limit what the what the Lions can do offensively. And obviously defensively, you don't like Zappy, if that's the pronunciation uh, correctly, still getting used to, to this guy. <laughs> he looked pretty good, but um, I, I don't love anything Lions here. I don't really love anything Patriots here, but I obviously love the coaching staff of the Patriots more than I do the Lions. And that's ultimately what it's going to come down to for me. I'll go Patriots and we'll make it a best bet. Love it. Next game, Seattle visits the Big Easy. They take on the New Orleans Saints. Tickets as low as $36 for the Caesars Superdome. Interesting number there. Uh, get yourself a good good football game if you uh, are in the New Orleans area looking for something to do. I'd pay $36 to watch this game, and I think it actually could be potentially stinky. Um, ruled today per sources. Won't reveal my sources. Jameis Winston and Mike Thomas did not practice. Um, I don't think that bodes well for the Saints, given that Andy Dalton will be suiting up playing quarterback for the Saints if Jameis can't go. We saw that uh, last week. Um, and it, this is a tough game for me, quite honestly. Saints minus five and a half at home. I really kind of think I like that. and I, I think I lean Saints here. I think they're just a better team. Their defense is really good. And I know I, talk, I spent a lot of time talking crap on Kirk Cousins, but this Saints defense really kind of turned it on in the second half and made things pretty difficult for the Vikings throughout the remainder of the game. Um, Seattle just got done scoring 48 points against the Lions. I don't see them keeping that up. Geno Smith, pass. Um, much more intimidating dome. Uh, huge home field advantage for the Saints. You know that place will be rocking. Um, especially getting them back home after being in London. I'm going Saints heavy here. This could be my lock of the week, honestly. Blaine, do you guys have do you guys have the injury report pulled up? Who's who's healthy for the Saints? I, I can't do it as I'm in my car and I'm. Kamara's going to play, um, and then Thomas and Jameis are questionable still. And I'm I'm not. Uh, I don't think Jameis is going to play. Yeah, and that's what scares me is. You know, Geno Smith hasn't been bad. I mean, they've been pretty – he's been pretty good, obviously. Seattle's pass defense, and the thing that I was I was thinking about when they were playing the Vikings, like seeing Tyron Matthew out there just gross. Like that secondary has given up uh, – they're one of the they're top ten worst secondaries in the NFL right now for passing yards against. And Seattle right now is really good um, against it. So I don't, I don't necessarily know what I'm going to do here. It's tough, but I'm going to go dome. I'm going to go – New Orleans noise against a what could become a bad Seattle team. And I want to be ahead of that before it starts. So I'll go, I'll go New Orleans. Guys, five and a half is way too high here. You guys are both way higher. That, on yeah, Saints. you're right. We guys are both higher on the Saints than me. You have been all season. I have been yeah. out on this team from the beginning. They are not a good football team, you guys. I don't think they have the I don't think Dennis Allen is. I think he's just a coordinator. I don't think he's a head coach. You know, this is a team that's having trouble scoring the football. They were aided by some mistakes on the Vikings side last week. I mean, Kirk threw the ball right to Tyra Matthew on one of his interceptions. It was terrible. Yeah. But uh, I, I think that we owe a bit of an apology so far. I don't think Se Seattle's just better than I thought. I mean, um, Gino is playing really well, guys. He's got 1,100 yards passing. Um, 
seven touchdowns. He's completing over 77% of his passes and his passer rating is 108. Like this and this defense is better than I thought too. So, you know, with the injuries, um, with the uncertainty at quarterback, I, I, I five and a half is just way too many. So I'm going to take Seattle here and I'm seriously going to mull over taking them um, as a money line bet here. Like I just, I am completely and totally out. Uh, on New Orleans, and you can get Seattle on the money line at plus two hundred. I mean, I think that's good value. Um, but I'll say something nice about the uh, about the Saints. Uh, Chris Olave is freaking incredible. Uh, this guy's really good. He's putting up numbers with Andy Dalton. Um, and yeah, so I mean, and guys, like right now, I'm like, I think I'm going to bet. I, I have my app pulled up. Like I might bet this right now because if we get news that Andy Dalton is playing, that line is certainly going to go down. So uh, give me the give me the Seahawks here. I love it. Yeah, good little good little tidbit there, Johnny. Uh, God, I love this podcast. That's why we do it, people. Miami Dolphins visit the New York Jets in East Rutherford, New Jersey, um, Sunday afternoon um, in a game that I think just, you know, the Tua thing happened. Um, and really, I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is that much of a downgrade, in my opinion. Um, great backup in the league, proven that he can win games. Um, Dolphins are a three and a half, three point favorite, excuse, excuse me, um, on the road. And I think I love it. Um, the Jets squeaked one out against not very inept Pittsburgh Steelers offense. Um, Zach Wilson, though, something about this team. I know you guys are way out on Zach Wilson, but something about this team, they are frisky. I think this game is a close game. I think it could be under six points, but I do think the Dolphins win by a field goal. Um, it, it, for me, it's either a Dolphins blowout or a Dolphins close win. Um, I don't see the Jets winning in any scenario. Um, look for the Jets or the, the Dolphins defense to maybe get back on track a little bit um, against a, a worse opponent. Having gone against the Bengals last week, kind of one of their second tests of the season. You know, they had the Bills and now they have um, the loss against the Bengals. But I'm, I'm riding the Dolphins here all day, Blaine. Love Dolphins here. Love Dolphins here. I got a little tidbit for Teddy here, but I'll go first to to Zach Wilson. I, you know, I'm not I, okay. He won that game late. It was awesome to see. A lot of people touted him for how he finished, but I mean, he 50% completion percentage with two ints last week. I know Pittsburgh secondary is pretty good, but I'm not. You know, Dolphins secondary, Dolphins defense is good in its own. And then when I look over on the other side of Teddy Bridgewater, yes, I. Hell, he might be better um, than Tua. Teddy is 24 and 6 against the spread on the road and 43 and 21 against the spread in his career. There are only four better quarterbacks in the last 20 years against the spread Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, and Drew Brees, and Teddy Bridgewater. Give me Teddy to rally the troops. And I think the Dolphins might trounce him here. Listen to those stats coming live from the back of the car, Blaine. Well done, son. Johnny, what's up, brother? I love that. That was that was really well done, Blaine. I'm I, I'm I have on my sheet here my pick Miami minus three. Let me just make the case on the other side for some stat that I pulled. Oh. Okay, coming off of a late game victory for the Jets, right? Uh, the Jets, you know, obviously looking to build momentum. They're two and two, like they're kind of right there for the battle. They know Tua's out. 
They know that Mac Jones is hurt on the Patriots. Like, they're trying to do some stuff in the division. The Jets have 12 straight division losses. They have lost 12 straight games in the AFC East. And then in those games, they've been outscored 358 to 158. They have been outscored by 200 uh, points. And the reason I know that stat I watched a little video this afternoon of Robert Sala saying that to his team. And he, of course, was, you know, cussing about it. That's that shit's not going to fly. Like, we're not that, you know, that fucking team. Like, and he's a pretty passionate guy, right? Like, if Robert Sala was in the room, I think I would be kind of scared. Like, I might pee a little bit, like, if he yelled at me. But um, those stats right there, the way that these guys are getting keyed up, they've got their whatever you think of Zach Wilson, they've got their guy back. It's not Flacco. It's Zach Wilson. Like that kind of stuff just scares me a little bit. But having said all of that, uh, I'll take, I'll take Miami here. Um, Ask me again on Sunday what I'm going to do, but today I'll take Miami. And from a football perspective, one of my favorite things is going to go down of the entire slate. And that's going to be sauce Gardner on Tyreek. I cannot wait to watch Sauce Gardner on Tyreek. I'm sure he'll get some action against Waddle, but specifically against Tyreek, I'm I'm excited. Last week um, in the Dolphins game, uh, they played the Bengals, right? Yeah. yeah. Or, sorry. Uh, the, who did the Jets play last week? They beat Steelers. They beat, okay, thank you. In the Steelers game, you know, Deontay Johnson, okay. Chase Claypool, George Pickens – when Sauce Gardner was targeted seven times, he only allowed two catches for nine yards. This guy's – dude, Sauce Gardner is legit, and I can't wait to watch him against Tyree. Yeah, defensive rookie of the year, hashtag thanks Chandler. Um, thank you for that shout-out, Johnny. I really appreciate that. Atlanta at Tampa Bay. Winner of this game will be in first place in the NFC South, if I have my numbers correct. Tampa looking to bounce back after the Sunday night. Um, lost to the Kansas City Chiefs um, in a game that I, you know, Blaine used this term earlier. I think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers ran into a buzzsaw. Um, I think that they bit off a little bit more than they can chew early in the week with some talking. Um, I do think that Tom Brady is incredibly distracted both on and off the field. Um, he just looked really like he always kind of looks pissed off, but he looked pissed off more like, in his own mind than he did at just his performance on the field. Um, I really do look for them to get back against Atlanta. Atlanta coming off a really emotional win against Cleveland, a game that um, we said it last week, I think had a lot that could happen in it. And I think that Atlanta played incredibly well, ran the ball 14 straight times at one point during the game um, against Cleveland. I don't think you can do that against Tampa Bay. You sure can't do it that many times in a row and expect to be successful. Corderell Patterson now out for the Falcons. Um, Say something nice about the Falcons. I really like Drake London. Said it last week. I think he's a good player, but I think Tampa's too much. Pissed off. Um, Divisional round or divisional opponent at home. Tampa Bay minus nine might be a little too many for me. Um, so I'll take Tampa Bay money line. Um, but I think Tampa wins no problem, Johnny. The Falcons are uh, the only remaining team in the NFL that's undefeated against the spread. They're 4-0. I bet them every single week. I will be betting them again here. Nine is way too many points. This is a divisional matchup, like you said. I don't care that it's on the road. Um, 
Now, there are some factors at play here, right? Yeah, your core Daryl Patterson uh, point is huge, um, especially how the, the Falcons ran the offense last week. If I'm not mistaken, I I think uh, – I think Mar- yeah, Mariota only had seven completions last week. An NFL quarterback only had seven completions because they ran the ball so much. But um, they're going to have to throw here. Uh, the Chiefs had, some, had a lot of success against the Buccaneers on the run. You know that they're going to buckle down on that and try to get that corrected. The running back for the Falcons is a guy named Tyler Allgaier, I think is how you say it. Um, so, like, they, they can't rely on this guy to be their, their, their focus. They're going to have to dig into Drake London. They're going to throw the ball more to Kyle Pitts, who's been – think i don't have him in fantasy uh what a nightmare that would be with kyle pitts because he's such a talented player fourth fourth number four overall pick when they took him and they just can't get him going and i don't think that's for a lack of talent uh on his end so um tampa's getting healthy it's good to see godwin get going last week of course evans had a big game but again uh way too many points here and like in blackjack right you win a hand in blackjack what do they what do people say around you let it ride let it ride well, four weeks in a row, I'm letting it ride on the Falcons, and I'm not getting off the train now. Yeah, Johnny Rose, Falcons. One thing before Blaine goes, I do believe that Kyle Pitts all of a sudden mispracticed either today or yesterday with a hamstring injury, if I saw my social media correct, which is something to monitor, A, for fantasy, and B, for betting. Because without him, even his threat on the field, I don't think that bodes well, Blaine. I don't think it does either. My initial thought was hammer Falcons here just because of what we saw out of Tampa Bay last week. And then it's all report Todd Bowles missed practice today and is going to be back tomorrow just because of personal reasons, took a day off with what's been going on with Brady, that divorce, that organization's been off the Tampa Bay hurricane, like all just seems weird around the bucks. But with that point, I think that the bucks weren't able to be complete tough last week because he traveled to Miami, had the family with them, weren't completely focused, probably didn't watch as much film as they should they get back this and I think with all that considered, some of this I guess downtime and, and weird scenarios for Tampa Bay, them getting back on the right track here against a familiar opponent in Atlanta, who they have trounced the last four times they've played them. I, I just think it's it's Bucks here. Atlanta's never went 5-0 and against the spread in their entire organization's history. I don't think they're able to do it this year. I'll go ahead and go Bucks with a lot of points to get back and get right. Love it. Tennessee visits Landover, Maryland to take on the Washington Commanders, and I believe all three of us might put the stinky tag on this game. Johnny's been out on the Titans since uh, July, and uh, – Blaine and I, and uh, we roped Johnny into this, uh, have drank or drunk the Washington Commanders Kool-Aid for far too long. Um, they lost last week to the Dallas Cowboys, I believe. Bro, I'm out on that. I can't I can't let you go on. No, 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 no. I took my name out of the Commanders crap before the year started. The pod before week one. Don't do that to me. Come on. Uh, we'll see. Maybe we'll let you slide. But regardless, they stink. Tennessee at Washington. Um, Tennessee gets back on the winning side of things last week in Indy, um, but it still wasn't a good game. I believe they won 24-17, if my memory serves me correctly. Um, The key to this game is if Derrick Henry can get going, in my opinion. That's the only way Tennessee has chances to win games, in my opinion, anymore. Um, Derrick Henry has to get going, and and what a week, I think, to do it. Washington's defense, what – 
I, I, it just blows me away that their defense is not good. I just do not understand it. I think Tennessee can run the ball 40 times and win this game, 14 to 3. Um, I'm taking the Titans as a road dog, two and a half in Maryland, taking on the Commanders. Give me the Titans, Johnny. No, Blaine. Give me the Titans, Blaine. Blaine yeah, yeah, Blaine. yeah, yeah. You're good. And I, the thing that worries me about Washington here is just not Carson Wentz, but the amount, the amount of times that he's been sacked. I mean, what was he sacked eight times last week in a podcast that we all listened to, not to be named, basically a co-host or a guest on the podcast saying, said that five of all first half sacks were not on Wentz. It was that offensive line just completely missing blocks. Rabel does a great job getting pressure, creating pressure, and catering his defense to not allow opposing quarterbacks to do well. Uh, and that's the thing. I love Washington's weapons. I love what they have on paper, but they have not been able to do what they should do. And I don't think Rabel's going to let them. I want to pick Washington with my being, but I'm going to go ahead and go Tennessee. Two and a half is good. I'll take them. I hate it. I'll Johnny? Tennessee's won two in a row. I, I hate both of these teams. Um, I actually do think Wentz is the issue. I don't think I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities that we at some point see Taylor Heineke again or shoot oh. Sam, or Sam Howell who at a UNC who had a good preseason. Oh man, no, Wentz is I've just it just every week it's the same thing. Um and the way he like can't rise to these moments like his his performance against Philly you know, a stud shows up in those games with the history between him and that organization. And, uh, you know, of course, uh, this is not the most glamorous matchup against Tennessee, but I just think Tennessee has some success here. They finally did get Derrick Henry going, as all three of us predicted they would uh, last week. 22 carries for 114 yards and touchdown, three for 33 uh, through the air. So, t- you know, that's the recipe for Tennessee to win, right? Derrick Henry had 25 touches. Uh, they're going to have to do that again here. I haven't seen what the weather is, but, you know, the way Derrick Henry plays is usually weatherproof. Um, Traylon Burks is not going to play in this game. Uh, he's going to miss some time with an injury. I believe it's turf toe, which you never want to see. Uh, two and a half is a good line, like Blaine said, and uh, I'll take the Titans here. Uh, but Carson Wentz is, the, is a big problem. An AFC South matchup. Houston goes to Jacksonville in what I'm going to title this game as just a full-out scrappy matchup. These two teams want to scrap it up. Uh, Jacksonville was very scrappy last week in Philadelphia. Um, Turnover-ridden, though. Weather probably had a lot to do with that, but still can't turn the ball over that many times, Trevor Lawrence. I really do think that they get back under a nice, sunny Jacksonville sky, and they take care of business against an AFC South opponent. Um, Houston, say one good thing about Houston. They're going to they're gonna continue to get in games. Um, they were down big to the Chargers last week and fought around and, and came back and made it a game, I believe a one-score game even. So this Houston team, uh, they're taking on the identity of their coach, Lovey Smith, just getting after it and continuing to play for all four quarters. Jags are minus seven. I don't necessarily love that for an AFC South battle. Um, I'm going to stay away from that, take Jags money line for the people. Um, I'm staying away from that number. I think that's way too many points, Johnny. 
It's a ton of points. Um, I don't think Houston's very good. I'll say something nice about them, too. Damian Pierce is good. Yeah. Uh, 14, 14 for 131 and one on the ground. That's 9.4 per carry. Um, and, you know, if you if you look back to week one, this guy's a rookie, right? But if you look back to week one, some fantasy players were really concerned because he was out-snapped and out-touched um, by Rex Burkhead. But, well, that's changed, and he's been the guy since then. In fact, Rex didn't even have a carry last week. Um, and, and, and what I liked uh, that I saw from Damian Pierce, it's not flashy. He had six catches on six targets for eight yards. It's just good to – it's not – like I said, it's nothing to write home about yards-wise, but it's just good to see him getting six catches, the ability to catch, and you, and you know he's going to be the focal point of their offense going forward. So um, seven really scares me here for the Johnny Road Jags. I, I – I really like this Jaguars team. They disappointed me big time last week. I know it was a rainy game, and you're against Philly, who's the best team in the NFC, uh, as like they're playing right now. Um, but Trevor Lawrence, you know, had, had a good couple of games, and then last week in Philly in the rain, had five turnovers. Like Trevor lost four fumbles last week, and I, I hated seeing that from him. Uh, didn't put his team in a position to win, even though at the end of the game they they had a chance and he fumbled the ball. So um, seven is scary. Uh, I want to say Houston plus seven, but they're called the Johnny Road Jags for a reason, and I'll take them here. The Jags are different this year, so take that for a grain of salt with what I'm about to say. But I have stats. This is the <laughs> third third game. Since September of 2020, where the Jaguars have been favored. Guess the two times, other than this game, that they've been favored. It's been against the Houston Texans. The last two games they've been favored against the Houston Texans. Texans have beat them by 14 or more points. Houston has oh. won eight straight against Jacksonville. They got their number. These guys know each other really well, play each other a lot. I don't love seven. That's a lot of points. I'll go Houston. Phenomenal, Blaine. That's such that's such good info. I'm already out on the Jags. I that was an incredible stat. I wish we honestly. I wish Blaine had began the game preview. Uh, Same. I feel role. like such a moron. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I I'm so confident. This is a different Jacksonville team, and Blaine did say take a grain of salt with that, and I will take a grain of salt with that. Give me the Jags. Perfect time. Great way to end the noon slate. A little break here in the action. We'll go over to the Figure It Out pod NFL pick and pool. The pride of Higginsville himself is growing his lead, maintaining that lead that he's built throughout the entire season. Matt Gibson in 30 with 39 points. He's in first. He wasn't the highest scorer last week. He got 12 matchups. He got 12 matchups correct. Uh, to add to his total. Caleb Briggs in second. He was the highest scorer in our league, 13 points last week. He sits at 35 in second. My buddy Brendan Withrow, shout out Withrow, got married over the weekend. He sits in third place with 29 points. Uh, Blaine Wheeler, you're in fifth place, tied for fifth with Matt Platko at 26 points. You had eight points last week, Blaine. How do you feel about that real quick? Not bad. Not bad. Can, gotta be better, though. Gotta keep Got to be better, but uh, not a bad week. I am in 11th, up one spot last week for my 12th. Now, I remind the listeners that I did not fill out my picks for week three, so can't really hold that against me again as I score 10, two more than Blaine um, and Johnny Rowe. 
I'm boycotting the league. Johnny Rojo failed to fill out his week four picks. Apparently now he is, per sources, he is boycotting the league. So we will continue to update his his status as we move along here, but it doesn't look good for the Johnny Rowe figure it out pod. Cool. Pick them. <laughs> Let's hop back into the slate. Awesome that you guys are doing this, by the way. Keep it up. Uh, Matt Gibson, you're well on your way to joining us on an episode, my guy. Keep doing it. Moving to the 305 slate, San Francisco travels east, a West Coast to East Coast, ma- east Coast matchup to take on the Carolina Panthers, who could be one of the worst teams in the league. My Lord. Um, nothing I saw on Monday night from the Niners suggests to me that they're going to lose this game. Now, if you would have listened to some of my previous podcasts, I put a lot of emphasis and a lot of um, – I stress the importance of the travel – and and having to go to a new time zone and everything, you know, sped up a little bit. It don't, I don't think it matters that much when it's at a 305 game at all. Niners will be ready to play this game. They're flat going to get after uh, Baker Mayfield. And unless Christian McCaffrey can, can turn in a, a spectacular performance, which he actually even did last week in a loss, um, I don't see this boating well at all for the Panthers. I'm on the Niners heavily here, minus six and a half. Give it to me 100%. They win this game by a touchdown or more easy. Johnny? Uh, yeah, it's, Carolina is in absolute hell right now. Uh, Matt Rule, goodbye. Get out and take Ben McAdoo with you as well. Um, and Baker Mayfield is literally playing at uh, – he is – the way he is playing is – is worse than every other quarterback in the league right now. Baker is playing the worst of any quarterback uh, in the league. He had five passes that were batted down last week. That's the most in the league in the last five years. And he had 10, he has 10 on the year, which is three more uh, than the second place person. Um, And and Carolina is just horrible. Like I, I feel bad for their fans. Like, you know, an NFC South team chiefs are, AFC West, like you don't see the Panthers very much. I, I don't know much about them, but I know there's guys just like us who live and die on every snap on the Panthers, and they're just in, in misery right now. Um, and I, I, I don't envy the position that they are in. Something good about the Panthers and something good about Johnny Rowe uh, is that he was – I was banging the drum for drafting Christian McCaffrey. They hadn't been getting him in the end zone for, throughout the first few games, but the usage every game has been phenomenal. And we saw the passing game usage get there last week. Nine catches on nine targets, 81 yards, had a touchdown. Not much success on the ground, but that's probably indicative of how terrible this offensive line is. And the biggest thing, too, the point that I would make is that you cannot draft based off of thinking they are going to get injured. If that's the case, don't draft running backs. Christian McCaffrey is probably going to get injured at some point. Um, but you know who is injured and not playing in week five? That's Jonathan Taylor, the guy who was, you know, the biggest discrepancy on who you should take, McCaffrey or Taylor. So um, hope Taylor gets healthy. Of course, he's a great player. But with McCaffrey, like, the it's all there. The passing game usage is elite. The running usage is elite. The production has not been. Um, but he's just an awesome player. San Francisco's going to kill him here, Blaine. 
Yeah, San Francisco. I, I, I really don't have a ton to say here. I love San Francisco's secondary. I love Charve, um, Traverius Ward, former chief in that secondary, and a lot of guys that the 49ers have. Shanahan's going to take care of business. I don't have a lot to say other than this other than that matchup. Baker <laughs> against the 49ers defense. You couldn't draw up a worse matchup in the NFL. You can't. Baker's going to be horrible. 49ers are going to yeah, Baker has not looked good. Um, you, I think it was it was either Blaine or Johnny who just texted the other day and was like, "You guys are out on Baker, right?" Um, yeah, I think we're pretty much out on Baker. He's just not playing well at all. Interesting, very interesting. Um, a game that had we done this episode the at the beginning of the year, we might have been a little bit higher on the matchup, but after my week four takeaway and some some things that were said about Dallas last week. Um, this game might be kind of, kind of uh, underwhelming, uh, especially given the names of the teams. The Dallas Cowboys travel to SoFi to take on the Los Angeles Rams. Um, what a weird game! Uh, how I think my biggest question in this game is how long can Cooper Rush continue to play well enough for this Cowboys team to win? Uh, we know what Dallas is on defense; they're really good. Uh, Micah Parsons is a game wrecking. Uh, type of defensive player. Um, and and I think that's on full display here. Uh, this Rams offensive line is struggling to, to protect Stafford. Uh, the Niners heated them up really well from the secondary as well. A corner blitz looks at my mind early in the third quarter, and they rocked Stafford. Um, and they just weren't the same. Um, really, the, the glaring issue for me with this Rams team is they Stafford just – he, it, it's like a weird thing. Like, he will not throw the ball to anybody else but Cooper Cup. I mean, Cooper Cup could be quadruple covered. If he is trying to get him the ball, it makes no sense. I'd look for Dallas here to win this game defensively. I think they can turn this Rams offense over a ton. Um, and and Cooper Rush manages this game. Uh, the, the, the thing that is always the outlier, though, with this Rams team is what can Aaron Donald do? And unfortunately for the Cowboys, their offensive line is not as good as it once was. If they can't run the ball effectively, I don't think it bodes well for Cooper Rush at all. Um, I'm going to take Dallas plus five and a half on the road here, but I do think the Rams figure out a way to win this game. Uh, very close, though. Um, so give me Dallas plus five and a half. Rams win. Blaine? Dan Quinn's back at it again. I, I said early in the year that I didn't think Dallas was going to be as good because I didn't think their defense could replicate what they did last year. They turned other teams over so many times and a lot of times off of, you know, just blitzes or smart coverages or kind of freak accidents. But you're seeing it happen again. It's no fluke. Dan Quinn and this defense is good. And Stafford and that O-line is bad I, I mean you could say that so far so I'd, I'd have a hard time not betting on Dan Quinn being being better here than and, and continuing what they've done over the last year and a half and is Cooper Rush playing better than Matthew Stafford right now <laughs> I mean you could you could argue that so I'll go ahead and take Dallas with the points uh, okay so I hated that, by the way, too. I mean, taking Cooper Rush over Matthew Stafford is just like a, a bonehead move. But <laughs> the NFL is weird. 
Uh, I'm taking the Rams minus five and a half. I'll get that out of the way now. Um, Allen Robinson, yuck. Um, but they have no choice but to get him going. Three-year, 46 and a half. Is that right? Yeah, three-year, 46 and a half million dollar deal. They're locked into this guy. They, they have to get him going, um, especially with the way the Rams have been constructing their roster, right? They don't care about draft picks. They're going to pay veterans um, and get guys who are, in their opinion, game ready right now. It's been bad with Allen Robinson so far. You know, I made this – I looked at this comparison. Like, this is just why the, the Chiefs are just such a well-run organization. And, look, I know the Rams won the Super Bowl last year. Flags fly forever. Good for them. I don't think the Rams were the best team in the NFL last year, but they won. But I, I was looking at this earlier. Like, you know, the Chiefs paid Juju one year, $3.7 million. And I thought the Chiefs would be in on Allen Robinson. And through four weeks, it looks like the Chiefs made a great move not going after Allen Robinson. But uh, the Rams got to get him going because their leading receivers right now are Tyler Higby and, and Cooper Cup. I mean, Higby has more targets than Kelsey, Mark Andrews. Like He's got the most targets for a tight end uh, in the entire league. I don't think any of us think he's a dynamic player by any means. And the Rams' offensive line is not what it used to be. Um, you know, I'm, sa I'm saying all this bad stuff now. I mean, they've given up six sacks in four games. Bless you, Chandler. Uh, and losing Whitworth was – huge Stafford leads the NFL in interceptions, all that they're still going to cover five and a half. In my opinion, I just think this is the come down spot for Cooper rush. Like Cooper rush has had week two against the Bengals at home when the Bengals were kind of still figuring stuff out and the game went to overtime. And, you know, then his only road game is against the giants. We don't think the giants are very good. And then he put, you know, beat the commanders at home. Uh, I think the Rams are better than at least two out of three of those teams. Um, I think the Rams are going to figure some stuff out and I think they're going to cover here, but you know, neither team, I, the Rams are not playing good football right now, but I think that McVay is too good of a coach to, to let that continue, especially against, you know, Cooper rush. I mean, Jalen Ramsey is going to, has Cooper rush ever faced someone like Jalen Ramsey? I mean, or Aaron Donald, uh, I just can't pick Cooper Rush here. I don't know if any of that made sense. No, I really definitely did. And I might have might have thrown you off with that sneeze. I really did think that my mic was muted, but obviously I guess it wasn't. Um, I apologize to Johnny and the listeners for that. Maybe I should figure it out. If only I knew a place where I could do that at. Moving on, Battle of the Birds. Uh, I don't think we've had a Battle of the Birds recently, unless I'm forgetting one. Um, we've had a... No, yeah, this might be one of our first battle of the birds. Philadelphia goes to the desert to take on the Arizona Cardinals at State Farm Stadium. Got to get used to saying that because I'm used to University of Phoenix Stadium. No longer that, State Farm Stadium. Get the Patrick Price if you're in Glendale this weekend. Um, I don't know that anything about this Cardinals team makes me think that Philly loses this game. But for some weird, weird reason, I think that the Cardinals can make this a game and not only make this a game, perhaps give them their first loss, them being the Philadelphia Eagles. I just think that the Cardinals are, are they're so capable of being dynamic. And, and I just think that Kyler, if he's on, man, he can make plays, but he just, he can't put games together. Um, they shouldn't have beaten the Raiders, but 
that's the thing with Kyler. He can make a play, and all of a sudden he's back in the game. Um, and I think the Eagles, you know, they're not going to go 17-0, and they've got to lose a game at some point during the season. And so for the sake of sake of everything, sake of the show, I'm going with Cardinals here. Uh, don't know what the number is, but I'm, I'm taking the Cardinals uh, here in the desert at home. Johnny. I keep forgetting to press send. It's Eagles minus five. I keep I, I usually send the uh, the line in the chat. It's Eagles minus oh, five. So that's fine. Give me the Cardinals plus five then for sure. So okay, I'm gonna I'm just gonna say I think I've said this already or alluded to it, but I'm really gonna flag plant here. Um, I think Cliff I think Cliff gets fired this year. Or, or after this year, it's some, Cliff is Cliff will not be the the Cardinals coach next year. It's just not good enough with these guys. Um, I saw this stat: Arizona has lost seven straight home games, and they are the only team in in the NFL to have not scored in the first quarter so far. You can't wow. have Ky, you can't have Kyler and Connor and you know Marquise Brown and. And and Cliff, who's apparently an offensive mind, and you know, we're led to believe, and and you can't you can't have stats like that. Uh, the Eagles are playing the best football of any team in the NFC. Uh, the Cardinals are wearing a black alternate helmet, which is makes me want to do a somersault gainer off of a bridge. Uh, but you know, my pick here is going to be Philly minus five. Um, I just, I just can't with the Cardinals. I just, I don't trust them. Five is a gross number. You know, traditionally I, I'd be with you Chandler, like at home with those stats makes me want to bet the Cardinals plus five, but uh, I just think Philly's defense is awesome and they're going to force Kyler into uncomfortable situations. And uh, I like the Eagles here a lot. And I really do not like the Cardinals and, and their coach is not good either. Blaine, do we have you or are you back? Oh, I'm here. Am I back? Did I lose? Oh, you just said man down, man down in the chat. So I didn't know uh, quite what that meant. But good yeah, to have you. I was, talk- was talking about the tall boy. But Okay. <laughs> For the record, but, people, uh, Blaine is not driving. He is riding in the state of Missouri. Depth of way legal to have an open container in the state. As long as the driver doesn't have one, Blaine. Have yourself another tall boy, if you will. Tell us about the Eagles and Cardinals. Yeah, Eagles, Cardinals. I, I'm all over the Eagles. And then I was like, well, you know, I was listening to you talk, Chandler. Eagles are, are big on their rushing attack, right? Arizona has allowed 73, an average of 73 yards um, on the ground through their last three, allowed 40 last week. If they're able to limit and make Jalen Hurts do something, no one's no one's been able to do that yet. Make Jalen Hurts make big throws in the red zone. Make Jalen Hurts. Now, four touchdowns, two picks through the year. But, you know, as I continued to look, he's thrown for over 1,000 yards. He's been really good in the air through his receivers. It's just like, you know, part of me, when I'm looking at these stats, wants to take Arizona. But I don't think that I, I mean, can. I think I think Jalen Hurts has been good enough through the air, and I I, I just have a hard time betting um, on Arizona's defense because of those last three. I mean, last week, for example, they played Baker Mayfield and the Carolina Panthers. You can't really put some statistical reference to the horrible offenses they've played. So I'll go Philadelphia here. Yeah. Uh, one more thing about the Cardinals. Now, 
earlier in the year, I I think even I was saying that Chiefs would be two and two through four weeks. Um, Cardinals are two and two through four weeks. They've beaten two teams that they should have beaten, and they've lost to two teams that are probably better than them. So they're not in a horrible spot, and they have Eagles this Sunday. They go to Seattle, they play the Saints, and they play the Vikings, and then they play Seattle again. That isn't the most difficult five-game stretch um, that is in the NFL. I think the Cardinals may be some sort of run here, and I think it could start with a big win against the Eagles. That was entirely too much about the Arizona Cardinals. It makes me kind of sound like I like them because I, I don't think they're very good, but who knows? <laughs> Sunday Night Football, Cincinnati had Baltimore. Johnny giving me the thumbs out on my Cardinals take. Cincinnati Bengals travel to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. Um, Ravens coming off it and not an embarrassing home loss. They lost to the Bills, but just a really interestingly managed uh, game from John Harbaugh. Now, before I before we dive into this game, let's go real quick. Uh, you're the guys' thoughts on going for it on fourth and one from the one, Johnny. Before he made his post-game comments, I thought it was idiotic. He made some post-game comments. I won't bore everybody since we're being quick, but it, it makes it made sense why he did that uh, after he explained it. If it was me in the position I and the Chiefs uh, were in that position, um, frankly, guys, I would have wanted them to go for it too. Go for it. Go for it. I mean, put them it's, – it's the Bills. It's a big game. You know, lay it on yeah. the table, roll the dice, don't leave anything there. It's okay. Yeah, it, 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 Sometimes it goes that way. Yeah, and I alluded to it talking about Buffalo. If, if Lamar doesn't throw a pick, he throws it out of the back of the end zone. It's a better play, making the Bills go 99 as opposed to starting on the 20. It's a huge difference, huge difference. Um, and Harbaugh cannot have planned for that. So, But this game, this, this lines up to be two Sunday Night Football games in a row that are really good. Um Cincinnati coming off a big win against Miami to kind of get them maybe the ball rolling. Maybe they got some things figured out. They looked a little crisper on offense. I said on the live radio show, which, by the way, if you listened last week, thank you. Tune back into the Jock 96.9 in Springfield, Missouri, this Friday for the live Figure It Out pod show hosted by Johnny Rowe. He'll be in the studio, just me this week, Blaine going on vacation with his girlfriend, Jessica. But this this game – this game can be uh, one if Cincinnati can throw the ball, and I think that they really can. Um, I think Burrow has, should have a lot of confidence going into this because last week I believe Johnny used the term lawn chairs in the secondary for the Ravens, and that is kind of what it is. Um, they were helped out, I think, tremendously by the weather last week. I don't think their defense is that good to hold the Bills to 23 points. I really don't. Um, I think Cincinnati can really exploit – the uh, the passing attack here and get these receivers going because they have three really good receivers, Blaine. It, it's it's really ridiculous. Um, but on the flip side, kind of like the Cardinals, the Ravens have Lamar. And say what you will about Lamar, you like him, you don't like him, whatever, you cannot factor out the, the fact that if he's in the game, he can make things happen, whether that's on the ground I personally like the way he throws the ball. Um, maybe not the most accurate, maybe not the prettiest ball, but I think it's effective given his ability to run. Um, his connection with Mark Andrews continues to be exploited by them, which I think is tremendous. Um, I mean, you look at the Chiefs, their leading receiver, the tight end. It's one of the most difficult positions on the entire field to cover. Um, 
So Cincinnati has their work cut out for them on defense, but I think the Bengals can score enough points, A, to cover plus three, and B, win the game. Blaine, what do you think? Yeah, I, something, I, I said to a bunch of friends, like Lamar Jackson – under pressure, like in a big game, like is he's like an egg. I mean, it just cracks. That pick was bad. And he just seemingly playoff games, he's been bad his entire career. This is a not a good spot for the Ravens, especially after Harbaugh and a lot of um press coverage over things that you know a good football team doesn't want press coverage over. Um, Bengals are rolling right now, and I have a hard time putting my money on a Lamar Jackson who just threw for 130 yards last week. I mean, come on, dude. The Bills, the Bills were banged up after a Miami game, and you can't, you can't exploit that. Are you going to be able to exploit Cincinnati? I don't think so. I really like the way that the Bengals are throwing the ball. I like Burrow getting right um, after that horrible first game. He's eight touchdowns, one interception. Ugh. I. I you said it. I mean, you said it all in the Ravens secondary is bad. And against the best wide receiving core in the league, I'll, I'll take the best wide receiving core in the league. What an awesome matchup this is. I mean, AFC North football. Um, and and not like what we got on Thursday or whatever that was when it was like Browns Steelers. This is the AFC North football that we we want to watch. Um, I just have a feeling this is going to get chippy. Um, over unders 48 and a half. I think that's an interest. I think that's, I think they nailed it. Um, so whatever side you pick on that, I'm not sure. Uh, they, uh, the Ravens are wearing all black, um, which mm. is going to be such a sick look in, in Baltimore. And now some stats. Okay. Guys, the Ravens are two and two and they've trailed for a total of 14 seconds. Um, you know, the, the Miami debacle and then the end of the Bills game. Uh, very, very strange there. And uh, so I don't know if that makes them better or worse, uh, but that's that's something to chew on there. They've lost five straight games at home, um, a building where I feel like they've had a lot of success. And it's indicative of, of primetime games. The Ravens are 18-2 and two at home in primetime games in the Jim Harbaugh era. So that, that was since 2008. That's the best in the NFL. Um, so they win 900%, you know, 900% of their games or 90% of the games, however you want to say it, uh, at home in prime time with Harbaugh. I'm leaning Ravens here. Um, I think it's going to be an awesome game. I, I, I could see it on the Bengals side too, but um, I'm going to bet this game. I'm going to bet Baltimore, but the line might be money line. Yeah. I think this is a I think this is a coin flip. I think this really could go either way. Cincinnati can come out and throw the ball. Look for them to put up a lot of points. Now, boys, let's turn to the best part of the show. The last game of the slate. Haven't done this yet. Ending on the Chiefs. Um, well, we have we end on the Chiefs every week, but actually the slate ending with the Chiefs has not happened yet. Chiefs host the Las Vegas Raiders on Monday night football from Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City, Missouri. Cannot wait for this matchup. Um, Raiders week is always a big week. Um, I think it'll start really setting in tomorrow for myself personally that it is Raiders week. Um, Raiders coming off a big win against Denver, um, but they could have lost that game very easily, and they gave up quite a few points to a Denver offense that has been unable to score for the entire season. Um, 
I think I stick li- looking at this Raiders defense. I know they have Chandler Jones and Max Crosby, but in my opinion, that is it. Um, and and when you only it's it's completely different from the Chargers, who have a really solid linebacking core and then an elite secondary. Mac and Bosa. Now I know Bosa's hurt, but Mac and Bosa are utilized at a far higher clip so far, in my opinion, than. Crosby and Chandler Jones. I love both those players. I think they're really good, but there are definitely ways to defeat these guys because they just frankly don't have that much help out there. Um, on the on the offensive side, this another huge matchup with a big body receiver. We just got done with one with Mike Evans, and Chiefs dominated this game, but Mike Evans went off. One of the biggest – this could be – this is Chandler's key to the game is shut down Devontae Adams. Um, look for him. Look for Derek Carr to try to force feed him this football um, because he causes a lot of matchup trouble for any defense he plays, and the Chiefs are going to be no exception to that. Um, curious to hear what you guys have to say about the Raiders. We'll start with you, Blaine. Yeah, the Raiders are a sneaky team right now just due to their record. I mean, it, it, it's a lot of weapons, but is Derek Carr able to be good? I mean, you've seen him win one. Other than that, he's been bad, and he's struck tremendously against the Chiefs. He's only won one of eight against them, and you know, I, I just don't see how Mahomes isn't better. Stat, really fun stat. Chiefs coming off a two-game road trip, road trip, with Mahomes, 9-0 and straight up after a two-game wow. road trip. Give me that. I mean, Raiders week. You, even after that big Bucks win, I was watching the post game with Holtis and a lot of the guys. Every player I heard, immediately, that Bucks game was gone. It's Raiders week. It's Raiders yeah. week in Kansas City. Monday night football in Kansas City. Coming back home after a long stretch, I love – the chief spot here. They seem to be finally rolling and you get the Raiders. I mean, come on. I, I, I don't have a ton to say other than I just think we, I think they might roll. Yeah, Johnny, uh, maybe just take, take the chiefs uh, offense and, and really maybe you like your own little recap of the game uh, since it was just me on Monday. Give us your full thoughts, brother. Uh, chiefs are awesome. Um you're not going to go 17 and 0 and that indie loss crushed us but they looked so good um of course getting the opening kickoff help but i mean like they're not just going to give it to you you have to knock that ball out you have to cover well and you have to recover the ball like great job by the chiefs amazing efficiency running the football which is what we all talked about is going to be the detriment of this team and we didn't understand why they couldn't run the football effectively They did that last week, and if they do that, I'm not kidding, guys. Like, they are going to beat everyone if they can play like that. Like, it's a big if, right? They have to execute. If they don't execute, they're going to get beaten. But if they execute the running game like that, they are going to beat everyone. And it was so exciting to see. Um, I love that Blaine brought up the point about how keyed in and ready this team is for Raider week, and that's so true. They put out the – you know, the 30-second, you know, in the locker room clip uh, after the game when Mahomes is breaking down the the the, the team in the locker room, uh, the last thing he says is, like, you know who we got next week. Like, they all know. They know it's the Raiders. And I don't know if you guys 
put any stock into this, but I do. I am so glad the Raiders are not 0-4 coming into this game. I am yeah. so – like uh, I'm glad they've gotten their first win um, and don't have 0-4 on their back. Chiefs, m- prime time, like some of that stuff like can be some extra motivation for a team, not that they would really need it. But um, I, I'm with Blaine. I love the Chiefs in this spot. Mahomes is 7-1 and in his career against the Raiders – um, the, the Chiefs are averaging 37.4 point, points per game against the Raiders. Carr is 3-13 and 13, um, against the Chiefs. And then there's some Mahomes, like, narrative stuff here, right? And, guys, didn't he play like a man possessed last week? Like, maybe not that many passing yards, bad interception. But, I mean, other this guy was incredible. And all people have done is rave about him this week, rightfully so. Backs up our MVP campaign backs up our thoughts and, and the right thoughts about how he's the best quarterback in football because he is. But uh, two things here. Uh, with 300-plus yards on Monday, Mahomes will pass Dan Marino for the most 300-yard passing games in the first in, in a player's first six seasons. Um, everyone you know, pretty much thinks Marino is the greatest thrower of the football of all time. Obviously, he doesn't have a Super Bowl, but that'd be a big one for Mahomes, and you know he's aware of that. And then if he throws four touchdowns, he'll pass Troy Aikman for career touchdowns, and Aikman's going to be on the call. And in the past, Aikman's said some kind of like backhanded snide, kind of like sneak disses towards Mahomes, like, you know, Early in his career, people are trying to crown Mahomes as the chosen one, like way before he had even won a Super Bowl. And Aikman said stuff like, you know, talk to me when he has three Super Bowls or whatever. I would just love for Mahomes to stick this right up his fucking you-know-where because um, Aikman's going to have nowhere to go and nothing else to say but sing Mahomes' praises. Chiefs are minus seven here. Big line. Uh, one of the one of the things that we say is, you know, it's a divisional matchup. This is a big line. The Chiefs are – the the Chiefs are the best team in football. They've got the best quarterback in football. They've got the best head coach in football. And the Raiders are in a bad spot here. Go Chiefs. Yeah, I really I really agree with what both of you guys said. The only thing I'll add, um, this secondary has got to continue to be sound. Um, it really does. I really – I do think the Raiders have good weapons. But nothing so far through four weeks has led me to believe the secondary is not up for the challenge. Blaine, you got something? Yeah, the Raiders were able to get Josh Jacobs going last week, which is tough. You know, true balanced attack. You didn't see it out of Tampa Bay because the Chiefs got up so early. If they're able to get Josh Jacobs going, that's that's going to make it the secondary's job with Waller, with Renfro, questionable, but what should play, and, and Devontae Adams. I mean, that's a that's a really tough matchup on, a, on one of the more complete offenses if they're firing on all cylinders that the Chiefs have seen. So it's tough. And But on the flip side, it's really, really hard to win back-to-back games in this division. Coming off a Broncos win to Arrowhead, that's that's really hard to do. And Blaine, to go to continue your Josh Jacobs uh, getting him going, I think he just might be a Bronco killer. Listen to this. He's averaging in one, two, three, four, five, six matchups in his career versus the Denver Broncos. He's averaging 102 yards a game on the ground. That's crazy for one for one opponent, averaging 21.7 uh, rushing attempts. Um, he has 130 carries for 612 yards and has scored nine touchdowns versus the Broncos. So 
Not saying that he is incapable. I tend to actually like Josh Jacobs. I think the Raiders should utilize him more. I think that would bring them more success. But for some reason, he just doesn't seem to be able to do that against anybody but Denver. So Chiefs need to continue to be stout against the run. Uh, linebacker and play has been unbelievable. Anybody have any final words on this game before we move? Oh, Johnny has a final word. What's up, brother? Yeah, I do, Chandler. Um, you And you – Chandler, you did a really good job on that solo recap. Um, perfectly timed, just like long enough, not too short, like hit all the major points. One of the points I wanted to emphasize and give credit where it's due. Um, you know, we I don't know if Butker's going to be able to go. We haven't seen an injury report. Um, we should be getting that coming up. And, you know, Butker might be able to go. But Matthew Wright did everything that you would want from a kicker. You know, no one's asking this guy to make 50-plus yarders, but, you know, Kick good kickoffs, make the extra points. And if we ask you to kick something in, you know, 44 yards like he made, you know, make that kick. And those are kicks that NFL kickers should make. He kicked with confidence. The ball was right down the middle and kicked high, kicked hard. And you'll compare that to what Amendola put out there the week before. I mean, it was just night and day difference. Um, and if Matthew Wright never plays again, you know, for the Chiefs and Butker's back this week, he helped himself out for his career. He's going to get a gig somewhere else. So good for him. Um, you you already made the point on the Chiefs run defense channel. You know, this is a team that uh, that teams have been able to run on the Chiefs for a long time and they can't run on the Chiefs like that anymore, which I absolutely love. Can't wait for them to get back guys like uh, Willie Gay and uh, Trent McDuffie. And the last point I'll make, and I'm, I'm done with this game, is I, I said this before the season, and um, it's already showing up. The addition of defensive line coach Joe Cullen has proven already to be awesome. The biggest uh, – the, the biggest um, – I'm trying to think of the word. Like the biggest the, – the biggest concern, there's the word, for us going into the season from the three of us was the Chiefs' ability to, to rush the passer, especially from the edge. The Chiefs are getting to the passer. Um, the defensive line is doing a really good job. Colin Saunders is – Blaine is looking like a genius here because Colin is so far healthy and doing a great job on the defensive line, um, both on run and passing downs. And Chris Jones is playing out of his mind too. Only one sack so far for Jones. But if you look at any of the metrics of the game, his win rate is the highest of any defensive lineman in the entire league. Yes, higher than Aaron Donald. And his pressure rate is through the roof, too. Recovered a fumble last week. And uh, it's just super exciting that this addition of Joe Cullen has has changed how this defensive line uh, is playing. If you go through Joe Cullen's career, everywhere he goes, Joe Cullen had a had used to have a problem drinking. Okay. That's what's been the hindrance of his career. Got him in trouble a couple of times. He's obviously put the, put the booze down and he's focused in everywhere he goes. If you look someone um, on the unit that he's at has a career season. If, if that can be Chris Jones for this team, that's incredible. And so far it already is Colin Saunders. So kudos to Joe Cullen and this chief's defense is really fun. Kudos to Joe Colon and kudos to resident Blaine Wheeler for the Colin Saunders praise. Uh, like you said, Johnny Matthew did everything right on Sunday night and it proved 
uh, proved very crucial for the Chiefs' victory. Johnny, do you have a final thought before we uh, before we get out of here? I do. Uh, my final thought is just thank you to everyone for the support last weekend when we did our first live uh, rendition of the podcast. A little bit different with me hosting, but the, you two guys were so awesome too. And the only reason I was hosting is just because I'm here in studio and, and used to do radio for, for the station. So um, it was an unbelievable honor to be even considered to, to fill that slot. Um, and what's even better is that we're going to we're going to be on there on Friday as well. And you can hear that on 969thejock.com. Again, that's from four to six. You can listen to us the entire show. You can give us a call if you want to. Um, Blaine won't be there, uh, which absolutely sucks because Blaine brought the juice uh, last week. But Chandler, so did you. And you'll be there with me for the first hour, right, four to five. Yep. And then it'll be just me from five to six um, where we'll I'll just you know, you'll get a peek behind the curtain into the insanity that is Johnny Rose brain. So it should be fun. And uh, looking forward to it again, 969thejock.com Friday, 4 to 6 PM. Yeah, it was an absolute blast and cannot wait to get back on there again. Um, great for the pod. Great for the boys. Uh, any more practice uh, is always good practice. So uh, should be a better show in week two on the radio. Boys, I appreciate your guys' time. Blaine for calling in from the car. Johnny calling in from his beautiful home out there in the sticks of Missouri. Um, this was an awesome show, boys. It really was. And we'll be back next week for NFL Week 6. Can't wait for that. Go Chiefs, boys. Blaine, I'll see you actually here in a bit. Blaine, sleeping over at the uh, Cape Girardeau apartment tonight, Blaine. I'll see you soon. Okay, guys? See you, <laughs> see you guys. <laughs>